Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose. And he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Hello, Cal. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad at all. Uh, not as out there as you, though. You're um, back in Malta, I believe, overseas. Yeah, another episode from a hotel room. Another one. This is the, th- the hat trick. The, the perfect nice. hat trick of hotel rooms, I think. <laughs> nice. Um, um, yeah, podcast might yeah. be a little bit laggy this week I do for that reason. Laggy. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be lots of talking over each other just because... Uh, hotel Wi-Fi is not renowned for being amazing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you managed to see the Villa game though, from uh, from where you were. I did. I found a, a bar just uh, in the centre of Valletta called Fat Harry's, and uh, managed to get a few members of the crew out. So maybe they were the good luck charm this weekend, but we'll probably get into that uh, a bit later on. Yeah, but... We'll get into that. Uh, we all yeah. went to Malta about four years ago. Great, great time, Valletta. Yeah. Wicked City. Oh, place. Wicked City, yeah. Uh, I, actually, I absolutely love it here. Our um, logo photo, photo was like me and my blue shirt, you and your villa shirt. Uh, that was actually taken in Malta, I believe, in front yeah. of the uh, the fountain in Valletta. Uh, that's a bit of trivia yeah. to you. Um, sweet, shall we? Uh, so this week we're going to talk about, obviously we'll start with what we're wearing, which is what we do every week. Talk, I wear a blue shirt, Callum wears a villa shirt. Uh, and we just talk about our memories of that season and that kit and what we, you know, how we look back on it and so on. Uh, then we'll get into obviously Villa had a game against West Ham in the Premier League after the international break. Uh, Blues obviously kicked off the Wayne Rooney era away at Middlesbrough. Um, so lots to get into there. Very eventful couple of weeks at Blues. And then we'll get into a couple of other little things going on uh, at both clubs in the background. And then we'll look ahead to our midweek and weekend games. If that sounds good to you, Cal. Absolutely. It's another double game week coming up. So Yeah. In fact, this is probably Which... the first um first sort of single game week we've covered in <laughs> ages. Shall we start yeah. with what we're wearing then? Yeah. Oh, you you've gone I think relatively recent. I have a feeling we might be are we in the same season? Well, I think you're nineteen twenty home. Bang on, absolutely bang on. Um, yeah, so this is uh, yeah our 1920 home kit. Um, it's the Adidas with like the yellow trim, the slightly darker sleeves. Boil Sports as the sponsor, and Adidas. And the reason, so I, I'm pretty sure I wore the away kit from this season a few weeks ago, like the black one, the charcoal um, one. Yeah, so I already talked yeah. a bit about like memories from that season. This was obviously like Bellingham's breakthrough season. And there's actually times this season where it really looked like it was all coming together, if you know what I mean. Like, we had a Friday night game against Middlesbrough, mm. we were just, like, unbelievable. Um, and there was at times when it looked like Pip Clitet's football was actually kind of coming together. There's a few, like... The Scott bit, like, Hogan game... era started. Yeah, Scott Hogan signed for us in the, in the January. Um, Jukovic's had a really good season. He got He's kind of the first... Apart from Jude, he's probably the first, first player, I think, I want to see this kit. But... Yeah, when we had we had a few good, really individual players like um, like Sunich came in this year and really started like started well before obviously kind of tailing off a bit. Dan Crowley was a player I always liked at Blues who um, 
obviously it didn't really work out with in the long term, but he came in this season and I, I liked him quite a bit as a player. Um, and then it was kind of more after lockdown, things really kind of went south. We um, didn't win a single game after lockdown. Right before lockdown, we'd won. And I think we lost the very last game before lockdown, but I'd been on quite a good run otherwise. And we're actually talking about, you know, we're only like six or seven points off playoffs here. And it's really after lockdown where things came completely under. But um, do have some good memories from that season. Obviously, Jude Bellingham's breakthrough season was there for like his first goal, was there for his goal at Charlton away, which was unbelievable, like almost right behind the goal for that. Uh, and the kit itself has really grown on me over the years. This is I mean, I've always like kind I always liked it, but I liked it when it was revealed, but now it's like genuinely probably one of my favourites. Um the Adidas kits in general are amongst my favourites. And uh, as you could maybe tell, I thought I should probably wear it sooner rather than later because for some reason a lot of the letters are coming off this one, like Aww. the oil sports. Um, <laughs> so I thought I should probably get it on sooner rather than later before all the letters. <laughs> and, uh, I, oh, also, a side note, um, the kit reveal for this this kit was unreal. I don't know if you remember it at all. I did. Was it, it the Picky Blinders one? It was, yeah. So, like, it was um, the. Uh, I find the whole idea of kit reveals a bit cringy. Like, I don't. I find yeah. it a bit like, why? Like, why do you reveal for the kit? But, um, the, yeah, they did that a really cool video where it's like a few of the players, things like Duke, Wes Harding, um, Shay Adams, uh, maybe Harley Dean. Michael Morrison, maybe, uh, and they're all there, like in their Peaky Blinders garbs, like walking down. It kind of looks like a sort of, you know, nineteen twenties small heath or something. And then it, the camera sort of whip pans, and it's then them in the kit, like playing with like one of the old school, uh, sort of, you know, rock art football sort of in the street. <laughs> it's just a really cool like little video, um, which I had a lot of time for, actually, really polished and stuff. So yeah, this is a uh, twenty nineteen home. Uh, nice. You. Give me a slight clue. You said it was recent. 32 red. It's a Luke kit. You only had them for one year. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be the year before this season, I think. I think it's be 2018, 19, oh, third, 2019, 2018, third kit. Correct. 2018, 19, third kit. The promotion year. Um, this is the like purple third kit with like the sort of like V shape sort of silhouettes in, in it. Um, I absolutely love this kit. Absolutely. I mean, as I said before, all all of our loot kits for that season were really, really good. But as alternate kits go, I feel like this is like almost a perfect alternate kit. It's a it's a different color. The design on it's really, really nice. Uh, yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just a great kit. The quality of it's really, really nice. Um, although I did have an incident with the sponsor on the front of it, where uh, in my wardrobe through the heat wave, the letters all stuck to each other. Oh, and then when God. I like pulled it out, it like just like destroyed it and it looked terrible. So <laughs> I did so I did get the sponsor replaced about a year or two ago. Um so yeah, um great season. Obviously we got promoted, the Dean Smith era started, we had that 10 game winning run. Um but this shirt di- didn't get worn a lot, it didn't get announced until really late in the season. Um, maybe like almost in October, which is quite late for a third kit, really, if you're going to have one. And we hadn't had a third kit for about six or seven years. So uh, it kind of came out the blue. 
Um, and it meant that a lot of the games where we should have really worn it had already gone before we'd even announced it. Um, and it meant that we only played a handful of league games in this kit. Uh, we only won one league game in, in the kit, which was away at Rotherham, that famous night at Rotherham where we were a goal down, down to 10 men, and then turned it around in the second half. Um, I did see one of the very few games that we played in this kit away at Brentford on a night I really wish I could forget. <laughs> yes. The worst away day I have ever done. I think uh, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I went I went with someone from my work who was a Bees fan. Uh, and so he was in the home end on the terraces and I was in the away end. Almost like loot in the old Griffin Park where you sort of were going through an alleyway with houses and gardens either side of you. Um, wicked little ground. It's a shame it's gone. Um but yeah, we were really, really poor. We lost 1-0 in the 94th minute when Neil Mopay popped it into the top corner. We never really looked like scoring all night. And I remember the coming only, out of the ground that night. The only goal Neil Mopay's <laughs> ever scored, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I remember coming out of the ground that night and I, and I saw my mate and I said to him, I was like, you've just killed our promotion hopes. That's it. It's, it's all over for us. Little did I know, Dan, we were just going to basically win every single game after that. Yeah, I remember had Villa fans around that time of the season there saying like, "Oh, like this year's gone." Like even the most optimistic of Villa fans were like, "Yeah, there's no chance this year." Like you know, build towards next year, and I'm like, "Yeah, no chance, pal. I think you're done now. <laughs> Quite a while. Yeah. I, I don't think you'll be going up anytime soon. Your third year in the Championship, and you're not going up this year." So. Yes, obviously the next few weeks I would rather forget, I think. Shall we dive into Wayne Rooney's managerial debut at yes. Birmingham City, Dan? I'm sure you want to relive it massively. Yeah, all still a bit surreal, all still a bit mad, really. It's the whole Rooney thing, it's all it's all happening and it's absolutely official now. Um, would you like a mad bit of trivia, Carl, that I realised this is... I didn't read this anywhere, I just worked this out. Um with Rooney now having managed a game and with Lucas Jukovic coming off the bench in this game, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Jukovic has now played under ten separate managers at Blues, and that's <laughs> not uh, that's not counting like interims or anything. Ten permanent full time managers. If you count the interims, it's like I've no God knows. Jeez. So I think that's right. So I think Rowett signed him on loan. <laughs> I think he became a permanent under Zola, and then we had. Redknapp, Cottrell, Monk, Clitet, Karanka, Boya, Eustace Rooney. Eustace, uh, <laughs> sorry, Eustace has played under all 10 of them. That's just mad. Um, that is, I mean, that's a crazy stat as well. Yeah. I wonder in the last time that was that a player at Blues played under 10 separate managers. That's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, so obviously, sadly, we lost. We were at Middlesbrough away. Um, Rooney, interestingly, obviously this was his very first game, interestingly surprised me by changing the, the shape and with a few of the players that went in. So they've been talking about this, like, wanted to play this no-fear football is the words, like, the CEOs used. And I've seen that's got a bit of sort of stick online and so on, it seems like. And it seemed like they were going to go for, like, a more... So I didn't go to the game. I just had it on WM and then kind of watched the highlights and so on. But... It looked like they were trying to go for a more open, get the ball on the ground, playing out from the back. It seemed like, and being a bit more adventurous with it, I guess. 
but I think it's safe to say it really kind of backfired. And I would actually argue, so we went to a 4-3-3 when Eustace had always played a 4-2-3-1. I would actually argue a 4-3-3 is less attacking than a 4-2-3-1, arguably. Yeah. Because Miyoshi was dropped. And so we played a three up front of Hogan in the middle and then St- I think Stansfield and Dembele on the wings. Whereas normally we'd play, for example, Hogan up front and then you could have like Stansfield, Dembele, Miyoshi or Anderson, Miyoshi, Dembele as like the three behind him. And I actually really liked what was going on with, we seem to for a few games have Stansfield up top and then the three Behind would be like Dembele, Miyoshi, Bakuna. And I think Bakuna just came back off international duty like the day before. So I can completely understand why he didn't start. But it kind of seems strange to me to revert to that system. And then the midfield three, a lot of the season we've had Bielik and Sunjic in there. And they've worked really well together. Sunjic has improved massively, I think, with having Bielik with him this season. Uh, but there's actually been a lot of talk about like Jordan James has done really well lately uh, with Wales. He had a really good game apparently against Croatia. Uh, I think they won two one. Apparently he was like fantastic. So there's a lot of talk could he go into the team? But instead, he put a midfield three in with Gary Gardner in there instead as the first. I don't do not know the last time Gary Gardner started <laughs> a league game for Blues. Um, but he seems to be playing more in the middle, and then that meant Bielik and Sunjic seem to be like splintering off to play a bit wider. And that's just really weird to me. Um, that's what it seemed like anyway. That's what it sounded like. Bielik was more in the centre and Gardner was going out slightly wider. Um, but that just seems strange to me. You had a midfield two that for the most part has worked this season. Um, so that all just seemed strange to me. And it sounded like for a lot of the game, we were just really open and were a bit lucky that we didn't concede earlier. And in the end, we got done by a really poor piece of defending. I think Sanders is out of position. Long doesn't really know which man he's tracking. And the ball comes in and really gets beaten at the near post. Not really his fault, I wouldn't say. It looked like he actually had a really good game and actually maybe helped keep the score down. So I think all round it was a bit of a misfire, kind of tactically um, and just in terms of performance levels. But it's his first game, whatever. Like, you know, it's his first game. Um, so I'm not going to be... Uh... Well, the new manager bounced down. The new manager, I know, yes, I know. But we did say, like, this is quite a hard run of fixtures for Rooney to come into. His next few games are pretty difficult. But I'm certainly not. Uh, I mean, everyone's saying, oh, we won a couple of games before Rooney came in, and that is very true. But our away form this season has actually been really poor. I think um, we've lost our last, is it five or six straight away games now? And I think our last away game was Norwich, and we were really poor then. Watford, we lost that 2-0. This actually sounds pretty similar to all them performances. So I don't think, I think, yeah, I think the way Rooney or the coaching setup approached it contributed to it. But this isn't like we're undoing like a really, a really strong run here, a team that was absolutely on fire. <laughs> but I would have thought, let's, I, I, if it were me, I would have kept it mostly the same. I would have at least kept the shape of the team the same. If he wants to change a few personnel, then okay, I think we've got the capability to do that now. But changing the shape and a few of the players for players that, you know, play like Gardner who hasn't really played much at all, I, I found a little bit strange, I must say. Shall we talk about the Villa game? If we must. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's 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 do it, Dan, because we're gonna win the league. Get it, get it over with. Let's just get it over with. <laughs> go on, you talk. I'll go do something. I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to it. I'll go do something else for ten minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> what would you do if we won the league, Dan? What would you do? <laughs> I'd stop doing this podcast for one. <laughs> um, for one, yeah, I'd stop doing the podcast. I'd um, God, I don't even know. I'd, I'd never. I'd move to New York for sure. I'm <laughs> just like, I'd just whatever money I've got, I'd band it together. I'd find a way. I'd have to. I'd have to get out. Of the um, oh. I didn't see any of the Villa game. Um, thank God. But this, yeah. I mean, your home, home form is just unbelievable. It's just insane. Right? Yeah, I mean, if you, we've won 11 Premier League games now in a row at Villa Park, so that dates. The last time we lost a Premier League game at Villa Park would have been that uh, two games where we lost to Arsenal and then lost to Leicester. And we let eight goals in um, with a defeat to Manchester City at the Etihad in between. Um, but yeah, we've won every single Premier League game after that. In fact, we've won every game in all competitions apart from when we played a bit of a joke team against Everton in the League Cup um, a couple of weeks ago. So really, like, you've got the Hibs game, you've got the Mostar game, and there could even be another game in there as well, where we've just turned the the, the, the home ground into a, into a real real fortress. We are one of the, probably one of the hardest away games to go to in the league on form at the moment. Um yeah, it's it's mad, really. It's it's, it's crazy. Um, I'm not, I'm not used to us. Like, if you're a season ticket holder right now, like, you must be loving life, like, really, because pretty much every game, you know, we're scoring a lot of goals. We've scored 17 goals in all our home games in the Premier League this season as well, which is mad, really, because we've only played maybe like five games, maybe, yeah, at home. Um, it could be, it could be even before. Uh, so. Yeah, no, we were we were fantastic. We we were at it from from the start. Really, uh, we put West Ham under a lot, a lot of pressure early on. Um, should have maybe gone ahead before we did. Um, it definitely felt like a goal was coming. It was just a matter of when, not if, really. And uh, Ollie Watkins has a great little bit of play uh, link up with uh, Nicolo Zaniolo and lays it off beautifully to Douglas Louise, who slots it in. Goalkeeper probably should have saved it, really. Um, but hey, you take it, and that meant Douglas Louise became the first Aston Villa player to score in six consecutive home matches, uh, which is insane. Is it absolutely incredible? Get, get that in that. the trophy cabinet. <laughs> get the open. Oh, at least you've got that. I haven't won a trophy in about thirty years, but at least you have that. Get the open top bus out. We're getting it ready for the the title parade. It's fine. Oh. Um, Ugh. <laughs> but um, I mean for a player who came into us as a number six was in and out of the team that first season with us where you could tell that he had some technical ability but I remember saying what is his position he wasn't disciplined enough to be a six probably wasn't athletic enough to play a sort of box to box role or but yeah he, he's absolutely thriving in the, in this double pivot with Bubakar Kamara, absolutely thriving. And he's become a player that's so integral to our system. When he's not playing, we look a completely different team. It's like back in the Dean Smith era, you took Jack Grealish out of the team. We look like a completely different team. Um, uh, so, and it's mad because 12 months ago, he wasn't a regular in, our, in, in the 11 under Gerrard. It's only, it's only just crossed 12 months since Steven Gerrard was sacked. So... A year is um, a long time in football. A year is a long, long time in football. Um, 
and then and then he bagged, bagged the second goal, scored the penalty. Um, so his penalty record with us is still a hundred percent. And yeah, we were we were there. It was like we got the second goal, calm it down. We should be able to see the game out. Jared Bowen scores a deflected goal. Not a lot that Emmy Martinez could do about that. As, as soon as it 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 hit off Pal Torres, I was in the bar. I went, oh, it's going in, and it was just like agonizing for that. Like maybe like it felt like five seconds, but it was probably only about like a second and a half where it just like span round and into the into the far corner. Um, and West Ham really went for us then. They put us under a lot of pressure. Um, they had a lot of corners and. You know, they've got James Ward-Prowse, who's great from a dead ball situation. And they've got a lot of tall players, a lot of strong, uh, strong players, you know, the likes of Zuma and Aguerd and Thomas Suchek. You know, they're all very good in the air. Antonio as well is very strong, good in the air. Um, and we were able to just weather the storm a little bit. And we just hit them on the counter. John McGinn plays a lovely ball through. And Ollie Watkins ends up sort of one-on-one. He's got Zuma there as well. And he goes to the outside of Kurt Zuma and just thumps it with his weak foot at the near post, goes high, top corner. And the power is just all the power takes it past Ariola, he doesn't even move. So um and that was that that was that point of like, okay, we we will win the game now. It's can kind of can enjoy it from there on. Yeah. yeah, even though there was like 15 minutes to go. Um and then Tielemons and Bailey come on. And uh, they link up really nicely, and we and we grab a fourth, a beautiful finish from Leon Bailey. Um, he, he's like, you look at his goal record this year. To like the minutes he's played is is incredible, really. So, um, you know, he's just got when he gets these chances in the team, he's got to take this away from home, really, because that's his home form is really good for us this year, and it always has been pretty good his home form. So, um, he just needs a couple of just needs to be able to do it away from home, and he, he'll get back into the starting eleven one way or another. But yeah, commanding victory. We're fifth in the league. Things are great. The economy but... is booming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're averaging just we're averaging just over two points a game and doing I am really, which is it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, his win percentages I think is like fifty three percent. It's it, it's it's staggering really, because it's mostly the same squad bar like two or three players to what we had twelve months ago. And it's over quite a like you say, Gerard's been gone a year, so Emery's been there what nearly a year now. That's quite a long yeah. time to have a win percentage that dominant as well. Yeah, uh, and the, the the impact that he's had is like we can talk about it for hours, and we'll talk about it for weeks because it is just the turnaround has been incredible, really. And um, like I really, really love this squad at the moment. There's a real like good feeling around this squad and these players which that which 12 months ago there probably wasn't you know you're like oh this player's no good he's got to go get rid of this player get you know this player's lazy and no this the, we've got a this is a special time i think to be a villa fan at the moment and you know we've got to enjoy it because you don't know what's around the corner really um and i think we understand that after what the the mad sort of 10 years that we've had really yeah. Where, so yeah the, the good times are back, so let's enjoy it. But we've got a big game that's coming up this week. But should we do some housekeeping? Yes, let's get into the housekeeping. Uh, do you want to start or shall I start? It's up to you. Uh, I'll just because just we're on Villa, um, yeah. I'll just get my little bit out, which was obviously uh, while we had the international break, uh, there was a few, firstly, some rumours 
And then it sort of came out that Nicolo Zaniolo has been involved in in sort of a betting scandal, um, which is sort of rife through Italian football. Obviously, Sandro Tonali is one of the big names that's come out of this. Um, and he's probably going to get a ban. Um, and there's maybe a can of worms as to why AC Milan might have sold him in the summer. Um, and it could be why Galatasaray was a... I mean, maybe we would have gone and got Nicolo Zaniolo anyway, but maybe why they were a bit more willing to let him go, having only had him for six months. Um, but it looks like he hasn't bet on any matches, which is the big difference between Tenali and Ivan Tony, for example. So right. it's one to watch. And the fact that he started yesterday, I mean, we have, we're a bit threadbare in a few places in the squad. So he was obviously, well, like, if we can keep him in the squad, we'll keep him in the squad. Um, but it's just one to watch, really. So it looks like he might be okay, but we'll see. There's more to this, I think, than has already come out. So just keep an eye on that one, really. Sure. We'll, uh, we'll update as, as we go week by week. I'm sure we uh, haven't heard the last of it Uh definitely a bigger issue in football though for sure i feel like we probably haven't heard the last yeah. year in general doesn't doesn't help that things like this are on no we're shirts. literally both yeah. wearing uh yeah i think um i think we did we mention this in, i can't remember if we did actually mention it on a podcast or one on one of the like rehearsal ones we did where we talked about something similar um but how like again it's a, a much bigger debate we can maybe do a whole separate podcast on sunday yeah. but how when like the smoking ban came in, um, how like a real push on like gambling and, and betting and so on in football yeah. kind of replaced it almost um, to try and like get football fans money <laughs> and so on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a story for another day, but yeah, a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, on the blues front uh, in terms of away from the pitch, um, we, uh, we were talking about kits earlier. We've had a new, uh, a new kit drop, a new third kit. You mentioned your third kit there dropping in October. Yeah, yeah this is pretty <laughs> late in the day as well. It's about October the 19th or 20th, our third kit for the year dropped. Uh, I am not a huge fan of third kits in general. I think it's a bit of a, I don't know, especially when your home kit's blue and your away kit's like a ready <laughs> orangey colour. <laughs> you don't need a third kit. You're never, you never have no. a need for three kits. Um. So I'm not a huge fan of it in general as a concept. I don't think I've ever bought a third kit. Not out of principle. I just don't think I've ever actually bought one. But I do quite like it. I do quite like it. It's like an all black, yeah. top to bottom black kit. And I think it looks pretty sleek. Who wore it at Middlesbrough? Um, not the most like imaginative, not the most like groundbreaking or anything. But I do think it's pretty nice. You know, um, I uh, I saw though online, someone mocked up a um, like a full... A mock-up of what a, a full-on blackout kit could look like, you know, like based on the Dortmund. Yeah, one. the Dortmund they had it. So that's where, like, the kit is black. And Germany had one at the Euros as well. Oh, they did, yeah. Um, so the kit's black, but then and but so is like the badge and the sponsor and the yeah. you know, the kit maker and everything. But it's like a different shade of black, so it it still kind of stands out. And they look so slick. I would it would have been really cool yeah. if we'd we you had know, something like that. So it feels like a slight missed opportunity in in that sense. But it's probably the nicest of the three kits we've got this year, in my opinion. Um, I actually went into town on Friday. When I was in town, I had a look at... They opened uh, one of the little... In in Link Street, the uh, the football shirt shops. 
um, you know, like the, I think it was like Mystery Football or one of them. Oh, okay. So like, yeah. so like retro shirts. And I went to one of these. It was a different company that had opened it, but it was the same space in uh, like March time and uh, got a couple of ones there. There was loads of cool blue shirts there. Um, it's been, it's been naff this time though. Literally all they had was like, um, they had, they had like a, like about three blue shirts. I think the shop had already been open for a day. So maybe a lot of good ones have gone. Ah. But it was like, that's just like so expensive, man. Like they had, um, yeah. They had, this, they had a 2004 uh, home shirt with Robbie Savage on the back, number eight. And I was like, that's pretty cool. 70 quid. Like, come on, guys. Come on. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but then they also had um, the Penguin home shirt from 2007, the Steve Bruce, Alex McLeish one. And I was like, I never got that kit as a kid. I always wished I had. So I was like, no. mm, it's 50 quid. I was like, probably not then. Look on the back, Daniel Derrida on the back. I'm like, I'm definitely. <laughs> if anything, that's <laughs> <deep. laughs> um, um, so that was a slight shame, but uh, yeah, in terms of the new kit, it, yeah, it's pretty nice. On we go. Do you think, <laughs> like, because when we spoke about Rooney coming in and Eustace getting sacked a couple of weeks ago, um, we talked about how it may have been in the pipeline for a few weeks, you know, and these new owners like. They like parading Tom Brady around the pitch on the first day and all that. Do you reckon, like, with Rooney coming in, the media attention being on the club, maybe they're like, well, now we'll release the first kit. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Possibly, yeah. I mean, we um, they first mentioned it in, like, a letter, like, the third kit was coming, like, ages ago, like, probably at least a month ago, six weeks, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all. I think, as well, there was... I'm not too sure on this, but apparently there was some, like, stock issues with the home in the away kit, and this was all... Uh, to do with the previous owners and the stock levels were decided like ages ago and the kit design and everything. So I think this new kit is maybe to, you know, accommodate for that and um, get some kits in for like Christmas and stuff so people can buy them and so on. Wouldn't shock me at all. But yeah, it's pretty nice. Shall we talk matches coming up then? Because it's the double game week. Absolutely. Should we go chronologically? Yeah, I think so. So you're playing on Wednesday. Yeah, we're playing Wednesday night. Uh, Rooney's first home game, so it uh, should be a real occasion, hopefully. And I don't think the lower stands are fully open or anything yet, but it looks like the seating, at least in the tilt and end, has been completely put in. The, the safe standing, I should say. So it's all looking a lot better. The stadium's already looking way better. Um, and hopefully it should be a big occasion. Hopefully the atmosphere, hopefully people turn up and the atmosphere gets rocking. And, like you know, obviously we talked about the Middlesbrough game and some disappointment there, but it was his first game. I'm more than willing to cut him some slack. And, you know, it's about how he learns from this and where we go from here. But Hallby, no easy game. They've improved massively this season. Although they well, are... It's Rooney's old assistant, isn't it? Liam Rossini. Yes. So, yeah, so Rossini was his assistant at Derby County. And we've spoken before, Rossini is, I think he's got a huge future. I think he, yeah. he could be really something. Um, they've not, they've had a slight downturn in form lately, I think, but um, they are having a good season overall. And they are the only team to beat Leicester so far this season. And uh, uh, Leicester obviously are absolutely running away with the league this year. So it'll be no easy game um, at all. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see because obviously they do know each other. Um, Tactically, how that plays, it's kind of going to be a trend with Rooney. I think he has ties to a lot yeah. of people. Obviously, Michael Carrick was manager in Middlesbrough in the last game. Obviously, they've got history at Man United, but he could do with getting a result on the board because I think after that, we've then got Southampton and then Ipswich and I think Sunderland. Uh, is that right? 
is that or oh, maybe Sheffield Wednesday we got soon as well. But um point being it's a really tough run of fixtures. Could really do with getting something here. And uh I reckon the atmosphere will carry it home for us and I reckon we'd probably sneak a two one, I reckon. But I hope he goes back to a four two three one. Or at least get like <laughs> you need to be getting Miyoshi in the team. I play Stansfield as the nine. That's what I'd do. I feel like Hogan has had a lot of chances this season and uh I feel like Stansfield needs to be up top. Jaden Philogene as well will be playing for Hull. Oh, God. All right, well, so, that's, that's their one uh, goal then. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where their one is coming from. Yeah, and that um, game is on Sky Sports, probably on the red button as well. Yeah, it's on the red button, yeah, and, and on Blues TV as well. Yeah. Um, And you're, uh, you're back in Europe on Thursday night, right? Yeah, we've got our second away game in the Conference League, Rawaya, AZ Altmar. Um, so tough, tough game. So, like we've spoken a lot about the home form, the away form needs to just get a little bit better, and this will be a really big test because obviously we failed miserably the test in in Poland about a month or two ago. So, yeah, um, and there was well, Legia played uh, RZ when we played Mostar a couple of weeks ago, and there was quite a few incidents, and obviously. AZ had a few incidents when they played West Ham in the Conference League last year as well. So, yes. um, so for the Villa fans out there, stay safe because uh, yeah. I think there will be quite a lively one. Yeah, even um, from a Blues fan, so... yes, don't do anything silly. Yes, stay safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, be a big game, tough game. Former Brighton goalkeeper Matty Ryan will, will be in, goal, in, in the nets for them. So we know that he's a half decent goalkeeper and yeah, I I think it'll be a tough game, really tough game, and I think if we can sneak, you know, the most thing, the most important thing for us is that we don't lose the game. The group is completely level pegging; everyone's got three points. We can't really, even if we draw, it doesn't matter what happens in the Mostar Legia game, really. But it's important that we don't really slip up. So, if we've got, we could do with winning. Obviously, makes a lot of sense, but. If you offered me a point, I'd be pretty tempted to take it because I think our home form will carry, will carry us in the group. So let's just not muck up the away games again. Play the strong team. If I if I have to come on this podcast next week, Dad, and say disjointed teams, we give disjointed performances again. I might go insane. Uh, I might go insane hearing it again. There, <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's so true. It's so, so true as we've learned with lose as well this week. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Uh, this weekend, we're back in action uh, the, with the early kickoff live on Sky away at Southampton. So that, yeah, that'll be a really tough game. And obviously, expect to see us on Sky a lot more between uh, now and yeah. when Rooney really departs Blues because um, they've also announced uh, Blues Leicester's going to be on TV. Wonder why, wonder what's drawing the crowds. To well, that but one. then you are playing Southampton and Leicester. So they're two of the like, Yeah, true, the true. Yeah, they're on a lot. Championships. So. That is true. Um, I mean, if, if you're a Leicester fan this year, well, pretty much all your games are going to be on Sky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Southampton, that'd be really tough. Uh, obviously, they they went through a phase of conceding loads of goals, but they've also got this real habit of scoring late winners. They actually beat Hull on the weekend, I think, with like a 96-minute goal, I think yeah. it was. So hopefully that could knock Hull a bit when we play them. Um, yeah, that'd be a really tough game. I reckon if we got if we beat Hull, I think losing to Southampton is kind of acceptable. Obviously, it's a manner of defeat as well. If we got a draw at Southampton, I think that'd be that'd be really good. Obviously, Shea Adams. I wonder. If, I think it's maybe the first time we've played a game against his yeah, team play, since yeah. we sold him. 
Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Only annoying thing is midday kickoff. So what I might have to do, I'm going to be in work. So what I might have to do is record it and watch it when I get in, try and avoid yeah. the score all day. I might have to try and do that. Um, because yeah, it's doable. It if you've got if you've got the willpower, you can do it. Because I have to do that. So. Yeah, I might have to turn my phone off for a couple of hours, maybe. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. And you're back in action on Sunday again. Yes. So obviously we plan Thursday. So it's the Thursday Sundays, and of course we're the two o'clock kickoff again. But I don't get why. So your West Ham game, you were the only Sunday game. Why are they putting you on a Sunday when you're on Sunday? All the time when you've yeah. got to be for Europe, so just put you on. The, why? Why would you then just put them on the Sunday when you don't need to as well? It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, weird, strange one, but hey ho, can't can't complain really. Um, yeah, two o'clock, not on telly. It's not really a shock because we're playing Luton. They're barely going to be on. Their away games are barely going to be on telly this year. So, um, yeah, it, you know, we talk about the great form that we're on. Luton, they got a really, really good point away at Nottingham Forest on Saturday. They were 2-0 down, scored two late goals to get a point. Um, they're, they're, out of all the promoted teams, they're the ones at the moment that have got the best chance of surviving. Just because they're getting better every week. Yeah. Burn, Burnley and Sheffield United, Burnley, Sheffield United are getting worse. Yeah, and Burnley, Burnley haven't gone terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they've been awful. Um, but you know, Luton, that I expect them to. You know, they're not they're not a great team at this level, but they seem to be a team that fight for everything. Um, and they are getting better every week. And they did go and they got a win away at Everton a few a few weeks ago, just before the international break. Um, so. It'd be very classic Aston Villa of a few years ago, or even 12 months ago, to be on this great, incredible Premier League winning streak at home and then go and lose 1-0 at home to Luton. So um, I don't think that'll happen. I do think we'll win. I do think we'll probably win comfortably. But we'll see how... Obviously, we've, we've got to really get used to this championship style of fixtures where it's like three games a week. And we've got players in that team that did do that in the championship, so we should be able to do it. And players have been playing in um, European football in other leagues, so I don't really buy the excuse a little bit. No, and with your squad depth as well, there's no excuse really. Yeah, I mean we are we are about five players short of where we'd like to be because of injuries, but you know we should be right. Do you have a prediction? A score prediction? We've been scoring for fun at home. I'll say four nil. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm confident for that. The AZ game could be one one two two. I'd I'd take a point there. So, but yeah, I th- I think I think we've got enough to to power pass Luton really. Fair enough. I hope Tahith Chong bags one anyway. In real life. <laughs> uh, I'll take. Well, Shea Adams never managed it, so no, he didn't. Sadly, Clinton Morrison and Troy Deeney managed a couple. Troy Deeney managed. Deeney well, managed I mean, plenty. Probably yeah. a 20, twenty minute highlights reel. Really, <laughs> yeah, probably. So. He scored more. I wonder. I wouldn't be shocked if he scored more goals against Villa than he did for Blues in his career. <laughs> That's your one. Great, Carl. Shall we wrap it up there for this week? Yeah, I think we probably should. I need to go out and have some dinner. So. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Me too. Um, sweet. We'll reconvene uh, next week. Yeah, and if you have enjoyed today or any of the episodes that we've done so far, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on whatever audio platform you're on. Like the YouTube video if you're watching there. Subscribe on whatever platform. 
Yeah, and you can also follow us on Twitter and TikTok. Yeah, and um, remember, we uh, did a special last week, if you didn't catch it, on Hotter, the curious tale of Hotter Pelotero, um, a bit like the day Alex McLeish rocked to the second city. They're two great episodes. Go and check them out. They are worth every minute of your time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can find us uh, anywhere with the handle at Second City Pod. Yeah, that's 2ND City Pod. Wicked cow. I will see you this time next week. Yes, Dan. Same time next week. Have a good week, and I'll catch you next time. Dear Andrew.